Hello, hello. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Astrology Did Not Change My Life. I am still that bitch, hosted by your girl, Plutonian Aquarius. So welcome to my podcast about astrology, where I essentially make astrology accessible for, well, the general public, because let's be honest, astrology is a not the easiest subject to try and decipher. And it's a shame to not be able to experience the riches and the wonders of the magical world of astrology. So for those of you who are new, welcome. And I hope you stick around and maybe check out the rest of my episodes. Because I got a couple. Because I can't stop talking about astrology. And... I will continue talking about astrology until the day I die, probably. Because really, there's nothing else going on inside of this head. And for those of you that are returning back for for another episode, thank you for supporting me thus far. And welcome back, as always. And so I am very, very excited for today's topic. And it's a little bit different than what I usually talk about. So for those of you who have been listening to me for a while, you'll know that I usually steer clear from transits and prediction because my emphasis and my goal as an astrologer is the self-help aspect where I focus on your chart as a whole and you as a main character and what your chart can tell you about reaching your highest potential. And so your chart basically is a template that tells you really all of the things that you are here in this lifetime to do and what may be preventing you from actually reaching that highest potential. And so I'm really big on using your birth chart as a guide to improve your life and to honestly take control of your life and live your life to the fullest. And so for me, transits and what the future holds for you, that's not really my cup of tea because at the end of the day, intention is everything. And what you do in the present moment can change your future in a split second. And so it doesn't really make sense for me to tell you what the stars hold for you when in reality, you are very well the master of your own destiny. And your destiny changes every day, every second. But regardless, I have been getting a lot of, well, responses and a lot of just like private messages from a lot of close loved ones asking me about uh, the Pluto and Aquarius transit that has come up. Because honestly... Everybody has been freaking out about it, especially on social media. And that's why I have a love-hate relationship when it comes to the world of pop astrology. Because while it's amazing that astrology has now become so much more accessible through the use of various social media platforms, the issue with a lot of the content that is out there that I find is that because we can only get so much information across within like a short time frame, six seconds, for the world of TikTok, for example, it's so hard to actually get out a lot of detailed information out there. 
And I find that most of the people that do want to access that kind of content too, they're not really interested in going deeper and getting a deeper insight into their chart and trying to really truly understand the world of, world of astrology. Because I get it. Astrology gets very complicated and I can see that a lot of people, they glaze over when I start actually getting deeper into the concepts. And so that's why this whole podcast is created. For those of you that actually want to learn more about your chart and actually learn to use astrology as a tool to improve your life the same way that I did over 10 years ago and maybe get into this deep dark pit that I got into where you can't escape and now you know too much and so it's it's a balance there's a fine line of course right and so there the the content that has been out there about a lot of the transits We've been having a lot of major planetary, planetary, planetary transits. And honestly, it's common. It happens all the time. That's just the way that the planets work. They're constantly in motion. And really, that means we should be freaking out about every single transit, right? Because if the planets are constantly in motion. But, you know, life doesn't work that way. <laughs> if the planets are constantly messing things up, we would all cease to exist, right? Because we would feel debilitated every time something happened. And it doesn't work that way. Life still goes on. We still got bills to pay. We still got to go to work, right? Like, I know I do. And so I actually wanted to debunk a lot of those myths that unfortunately sometimes pop astrology does do when it comes to the world of astrology. And I found that's been very, very common and prevalent with a lot of these major transits that we've been having and if anything I'm not a fan of the way that it creates a lot of fear-mongering where a lot of a lot almost each and every single post that I've seen and I've seen a a lot of them because unfortunately they show up on my phone because phones are listening to your conversations all the time and one of the biggest ones is this is a very important time you have to set your intentions now so you have to be very careful. And honestly, that's terrifying. Especially if, some, if you're somebody that actually works from that kind of scarcity and fear-based mindset, which is unfortunately a lot of us. I don't know about you, but I find that a lot of people within my generation specifically, especially growing up in North America, being surrounded by hustle culture, we constantly feel like we're not doing enough because somebody else, especially on social media, has done significantly more than we will ever hope to do and so it's terrifying to think that we are missing out on our fullest potential when in reality we're all going at our own pace and what we're doing is more than enough and we are exactly where we need to be and that's the reason why charts can be very different from transits because What's going on in the stars, huh, not stars, specifically the planets, and the way that they're moving is very different for each and every single person. Because at the end of the day, we all have our own individualized charts for a reason. And depending on whatever else is going on in your chart, some transit will, will affect some more intensely than the other people around you. And that's completely normal. There's some Mercury retrogrades that really mess me up. 
And then there's some that I don't even sweat it. And at the end of the day, Mercury goes into retrograde so often. You should be used to that energy by now. Okay? So every time Mercury goes into retrograde and people freak out, I'm like, really? You have been alive for 20 plus years? And you're still not aware of the fact that Mercury goes into retrograde like five times a year? Girl, get your shit together. (laughs) And really, Mercury going into retrograde just means that it's now a matter of just taking that extra step to be cautious, to figure out what's going on, and to slow down. And at the end of the day, day, I keep stumbling on my words. I'm just too excited to talk. But really, at the end of the day, we all have to slow down for a reason. It's good to slow down. Because when we slow down, we get more clarity. We can't just keep running off and blowing off steam, especially if we don't have any energy within us because we just keep going and going and going. And so I am here to debunk, well, the general idea of what transits do for us, planetary transits, and that they're not things to be afraid of. And that you should actually look towards your chart to help you gain more insight into what Basically, the planetary transits hold in store for you as an individual. So really, I am teaching you to take back your power once again. And so, before I even get started, actually, if you haven't already followed me, I'm available on another social media platform as I'm (laughs) trash-talking social media. I am on Instagram as Plutonian Aquarius, like my namesake. And so what I post on Instagram really is just more information about me as an individual. It's just me just sharing my interests, my hobbies. And a lot of, a lot of the times it may not always have to do with astrology, but I try and inter, intermingle and interconnect it all to show all the different facets of who I am. But I also post a lot of updates about the podcast episodes so I always, I always post a lot of previews. I have cute graphics that I make because this is a one-woman show and I work very hard. And my Instagram also contains my website, my official website, which is plutonianaquarius.ca, where I have a lot of information about, well, if you just want to learn more about astrology but don't know where to begin, you can access my Frequently Asked Questions page my FAQ, where I go into depth about who I am as an astrologer and what I do and what you can do if you want to get started into learning more about astrology, to learn more about your chart. But if you also really like a lot of my content, I also offer a lot of astrology readings. So if you're interested in learning and actually purchasing a reading, and I have a variety of readings, I have like eight nine different readings and then stick around to till the very end of this episode where I go a little bit into depth about what I offer in my astrology readings and if not that's okay I'm not gonna hold it against you because at the end of the day who who wants to be sold all of this stuff right (laughs) you're here to learn about astrology okay not to be sold any readings, but I would really appreciate it if you could support me. I really would. I, I, I appreciate all the support I can get. <laughs> but if not, 
I would also appreciate if you could leave a review on plutoniumaquarius.ca as well if you really like today's episode. Anyways, moving on. So, I wanted to get into what Pluto in Aquarius means. So, if you haven't already listened to my episodes about Pluto, Uranus, or Aquarius, I highly suggest listening to those episodes too to actually gain even more clarity and insight when it comes to understanding just Pluto and Aquarius in general. And I think I am the perfect person to talk about this transit because I am Plutonian Aquarius. Huh? Pluto and Aquarius? <laughs> when it comes to transit, there's some people that are just more well, in tune with the energy of the transit, and then other people. And why is that? Because some people just naturally have that planetary energy in their chart. So a lot of people that are born with a Mercury retrograde, just naturally, or as we call it, natally, it's in their natal chart. Well, Mercury retrograde, when it comes around, it doesn't phase them because they're just so unfortunately in tune with that energy. And that same concept applies to a lot of Plutonians. So whenever we have big, intense Pluto transits, Plutonian individuals, like me, for example, are, well, a little bit unfazed because they've been dealing with that kind of energy for their entire life. Entire lives. Yeah. We've just been rolling with it without really... Without really having a chance to complain about it because... Sometimes you just, you can't. If it's part of your birth chart, you got to suck it up. And it's part of your life lessons into reaching your highest potential. And in a way, it's what you've come here in this lifetime to experience. You're here to experience your chart. And so when it comes to this huge Pluto transit that the world is experiencing as a collective, those who are just naturally Plutonian and also have Aquarius in their chart, they'll know that this isn't something that is new for them. But for those of us around, for those of us that aren't Plutonian and maybe don't have as much Aquarian influence in their chart, this can feel very foreign and scary. And so I can, I can understand why, why there's a lot of fear and apprehension around this big, looming transit and it doesn't help that pluto in general is a very very misunderstood because pluto represents everything that we ignore and a lot of the times what we ignore is the dark taboo very uncomfortable subjects within us and it can be insecurities fears a lot of trauma and wounds that we just prefer to well, not acknowledge, because in doing so, we come face to face with the darker parts of us, when in reality, a lot of us want to live in the light, and there's nothing wrong with that, but light can't exist without the dark. It's part of this balanced dichotomy that makes us, well, us. Just because we ignore the subconscious doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. It's still there waiting for us. And if anything, 
when we ignore these darker parts of us, right? When we ignore these wounds, these fears, these insecurities, they have a way of controlling us because they're just there in the background in our subconscious. And so having that awareness is very important when it comes to, well, maintaining this balance within you. Because again, we want to acknowledge all parts of our personality. They all deserve expression, right? The light isn't better than the dark and vice versa. You don't ever want to over-identify. You want to understand that there are many different facets to who you are, and they come out in certain areas of your life, in certain moments of your life, and they come out for a reason. And in that moment when they come out, it's a time for you to sit down and understand why they're coming up. Why, does, why is this insecurity showing up? Why am I having this fear? Where is this stemming from? So that when you can move forward in life, you're aware of potential triggers. And that can essentially be, well, a form of superpower for you to have this kind of awareness. Because when you are faced with these challenges, you're not phased and you're not a victim to your circumstances. And so that's what Pluto really represents. Pluto is everything that we choose to not acknowledge. Everything that we hide within us. But Pluto wants you to know that you can't run. You can't run from the truth. Because as much as we may all hate to admit it, these darker parts within us, well, they are a part of who we are. And it's okay that they're not really pretty. It's okay. It's okay to have these ugly parts within us. And so that's why Pluto can really be misunderstood. And just, just being associated with death never helps. But death, from a very esoteric and spiritual perspective, just means transformation. None of us are meant to stay stagnant individuals. We're always meant to evolve, to be better. And that same principle and concept applies to society as well. Society has only gotten to where it has today, not because it stayed stagnant. There has always been a moment in time and history where somebody has spoken up, spoken up, <laughs> has gone against the grain. Yes, took that first step to speak up and say, hey, this isn't right. We shouldn't be living like this. Something needs to change. And from that, We've had revolutions. We've had this evolution as a society. And that's why every time Pluto transit and goes into a new sign, we have a different flavor in society. So Pluto, it takes around Pluto 248 years. Is it 248? Yes, 248. Haha, <laughs> I have my notes. 248 years to actually orbit around the sun. But it stays in each sign for around 12 to 23 years. And so up until now, Pluto was in the sign of Capricorn. And now it's officially going into the sign of Aquarius. But in between these like next two-ish years, no, year and a half, Pluto is going to go back and forth between Aquarius and Capricorn because it likes to do that before it officially makes its mark into a new sign. But it'll officially go into the sign of Aquarius and stay there for like 12 years in 20, after 2024. And so Pluto is a collective planet. It's not a personal planet like your sun, your moon, Mercury, 
Mars, and Venus that directly affect your personality. Wherever Pluto, like all of the other collective planets, which is Uranus, Saturn, Jupiter, Neptune, wherever they're placed in your chart, like say in your house system, for example, like I have Pluto in my first house, right? Wherever it's placed in your chart, it'll affect that area of your life. And that's because these collective generational planets, like the name suggests, affect a generation. And so I always find that Pluto is actually the best distinction when it comes to the generations that we know. Like the millennials are Pluto and Scorpio. I'm part of Gen Z, Pluto and Sagittarius. So you can guess my age, (laughs) which is between 1995 to 2008. So it's up to you to figure out what my age is. Um, Gen X is Pluto and Libra. Um, Boomers are Pluto and Virgo. Actually, a little bit of Pluto in Virgo and a little bit of Pluto in Leo. Um, I think they're Gen Y. Like that mixture between Boomers and and like Gen X. Or is it the silent generation? No, that's before them. But um, after Gen Z, we have like Gen Alpha, which is like Pluto and Capricorn. Is it? Yeah, it's Pluto and Capricorn. Oh my gosh. I am recording this after work, so forgive me. But I was just too excited and I really wanted to talk about this. But regardless, wherever Pluto is in a sign, it's generally, um, it generally marks a generation. Huh, generally marks a generation. Sorry. And so there are certain things that happen within a generation and that generation collectively experiences that and for better or for worse it really molds them as individuals and it can affect each and every person of that generation in a different way but regardless there is an impact and so for example Pluto and Scorpio because of what they grew up with during that time period they grew up they grew up like right after the AIDS crisis and they also grew up when it came to learning about a lot of well a lot of like sexual abuse stories started to come out during that generation like that's a very significant marker of the millennial and Pluto and Scorpio generation and so as a generation they really started to speak up for themselves because of everything that they experienced in a generation Millennials also experience grunge, especially if you grew up in North America, for example. And so a lot of my examples are based in North America. I am, unfortunately, I have that bias. And so by growing up with Nirvana and a whole bunch of other popular grunge bands or just grunge music in general, yeah, millennials were the original angsty teenagers. They paved the way for all of the emo kids. For my emo self, okay, I was, yeah, I was the emo kid, okay, loud and proud, and it wasn't just a phase, mother. And so, with everything that they experienced, I see it as no surprise that they're individuals that are, fortunately, very in touch with their emotions, and they're very in touch with their own pain and suffering. And because of who they were raised by as well, a lot of them were raised by Gen X, or they were raised by boomers. A lot of them never really got to embrace 
and truly feel a lot of their pain and suffering and actually express it in ways that were healthy. And so I find that a lot of millennials now are really truly trying to heal their inner child. Inner healing work is really big for a lot of millennials. And a lot of them actually paved the way for gentle parenting. I, yeah, <laughs> thank you, TikTok and Instagram. A lot of the gentle parenting accounts that pop up on my social media feed, most of them are millennials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're really trying to heal their inner child. And props to them, of course, because it's never easy to do that. But being in the Pluto and Scorpio generation, where Scorpio really likes to go underneath the surface, like, yeah, it's no surprise. And so we can use that same concept to talk about Pluto and Sag as well, where growing up in the world of the internet made them more, we had more access to so much more around us. And it was also during the time period where globalization was be, was becoming a huge thing. So we had the world at our fingertips, really. And so we're really united as a whole on planet Earth. And sometimes it feels like there really are no differences between the next person beside me or the next person who's like oceans away because everything is so much more accessible than it was. And so Pluto and Capricorn... Capricorn itself is about structures because Capricorn is ruled by Saturn. It's about structures. It's about discipline. And it's about creating structure within a society, creating a world that the next generation can build upon. Now, Pluto is all about digging underneath the surface. And like I said, facing all of the uglier parts that you would rather ignore. But it doesn't mean that it's not there. You can't push away parts of you. It doesn't work that way. You can't, you can't destroy energy. It's virtually, that's quite literally for my intellectuals out there. It is the law of energy of conservation. And so everything that we had, all of these ideas and all of these concepts and theories and beliefs that we had about society and what it means to be a structured civilized society everything kind of came up into the forefront in the last couple of years and we've realized that the way that we have created society and created the structure that we so naively believed <laughs> kept the entire world well sane and civilized is actually far from perfect and the reason why it all just happened is because we kept ignoring all of the structural, well, abnormalities and structural deficiencies that were already present, but we chose to ignore. And the thing with Pluto is that no matter how hard you try and run, he'll come and find you. And this is something that every Plutonian will know. Every time you try and ignore something that should be properly and truly acknowledged and understood, and the more you try and push it away right into the far corners of your subconscious, into the 
into the back corners. The more you try and compartmentalize, the stronger, faster, and harder it will come back to unleash its wrath on you. And that's why Pluto itself has this negative connotation. And that's why Pluto transits are so terrifying. Because you come face to face with things that you are not ready for. Because you didn't want to. You didn't want to deal with it at the time. And so the best way to really understand it is, and the best example for me as a healthcare worker, yes, I'm a healthcare worker in case you did not know, is when the pandemic hit, our idea of stability really changed. And the way that we started to view, again, structures and modalities that we had present within our so-called version of society. And I'm saying it that way because society is ever-changing. And the pandemic really taught us that we were so set and stuck in our ways, we were becoming so stagnant. Pluto never, ever, ever wants you to be stagnant. The moment you become stagnant and too comfortable and too complacent is when problems arise. Because when that happens, the first thing that we always like to say is, well, oh, you know, this is the way that it's always been done. So why bother changing something that's already established? It's just too much work. No, no, we are not supposed to do that. We are always supposed to strive for improvement and to be better. And we stopped doing that. And so with the pandemic, a lot of people realize that they don't actually have to go into offices to do their job. They can just work from home. And things are just so much more accessible for them if they do work from home. And we wasted so much, so many hours commuting into work. So much money is spent going into office and actually renting out those spaces when we could just work from home. And things are just so much more efficient. And we also realized that some of us actually need to leave the house. And that this was a form of, well, stability for us that we enjoyed. And that constantly being at home also drove us insane. But also as a healthcare worker, there have been issues prevalent in our North American healthcare system for decades. Lots and lots of healthcare workers, especially nurses, have been going on and on and talking about these issues for decades. They've been begging and pleading to hospital CEOs to try and change the system, to try and change the system so that it is more efficient, appropriate for patient care. Because unfortunately, the model that we have is more so geared towards trying to just more make profit. Because unfortunately, we live in a capitalist society. And we need money to run these places. And so because the emphasis was more so making money, the way that we approached healthcare really changed. And with the pandemic, we realized that it's not efficient at all. And if anything, and if you know if you're from North America, and I don't even think this is a North American problem because I've seen it in Europe as well. UK is not doing well either, for example. That there is just a global shortage of skilled healthcare workers. Everybody's leaving the profession because the pandemic broke it. The pandemic brought to surface all of these issues that we ignored for decades. 
And we reached a breaking point where the systems that we were using and relying on in the healthcare field, it wasn't sustainable. And so it eventually crumbled and crashed for a lot of places. And if anything, those places that crumbled and crashed, they're, they're holding on by a thread. And so to a lot of people, it might seem like, oh, this just came out of the blue. But for the rest of us that have been in the field for years and for decades, we, we know that we have been talking about this for decades. It just wasn't listened to until the pandemic hit, until it all had to crash and burn. And so that's what a lot of Pluto transformations are. They are very dramatic. You quite literally have to crash and burn. Pluto rules over the sign of Scorpio. Scorpio, yes, is ruled by Scorpion. That's, that's the totem for Scorpio. But really, Scorpio's highest self is actually the phoenix. And the only way that they reach that phoenix self is when they shed all of their old layers throughout several, several moments in their life. They constantly have to burn and then arise from their ashes. It's dramatic and it's glorious. And yes, I have had those transformations several times over the last 20 plus years of my life. And that's just the way it is. Every time I become stagnant or I become comfortable, something in my life comes to kind of just, not kind of, quite literally just shake the ground underneath my feet and change the way that I view the world. So much so that I can't ever go back to being the person that I was before this transformation happened. And that's what all of these Pluto transits are. And so for those of us who aren't necessarily besties with Pluto, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. I wish I was besties with Venus, man. God. And so I always think that a lot of people are fascinated by the idea of Pluto and Plutonian individuals without truly understanding the true responsibility and wound and pain that comes with being a Plutonian and that it really isn't rainbows and sunshine and having this kind of power just this transformative power it doesn't come without its challenges and burdens really if you want to call it that and so I sometimes wish I wasn't a Plutonian growing up I really wished I wasn't because it just always felt like life never gave me a break and what I now realize is that every time I went through those transformations every single moment and lesson that I had every time I changed and evolved to be a different version of me for better always for better is that I came out a wiser individual and that by going into the underworld, by facing your fears, facing your insecurities, you are given a plethora of riches. Because that's where all of our minerals and jewelry is located, deep within the Earth's core. It's abundant. It's rich with resources. And if anything, it's renewable like geothermal energy, some, not so much. And so it's never ending, really, sometimes. And so the riches that you get 
from going into the underworld are immense and abundant. And so it's important to know that when you come face to face with the uglier parts of you and the world around you, you become a much wiser individual because by living in the dark, you can appreciate the light that much more. And so Pluto transits, while it does sound scary, and Pluto going into the sign of Aquarius is terrifying, you are going to come out a much stronger individual and that it's not something that you should ever shy away from. And if anything, the power that you gain, and yes, you always gain power, and power is a very subtle, subtle idea. Because I think, again, pop media has always shown that power is something that is dramatic and big and it's a dictator role where you rule over everyone. When in reality, power means that you know who you are and you know what your core values are and nobody can shake it from you. And the reason why you know so much about yourself is is because you've come face to face with your demons and those fears and those darker parts that a lot of us are so scared to really even talk about, let alone face. Because when you come face to face with those darker parts, you begin the path of healing so that when you're going out in the world, you are not, not living based on your triggers, based on your wounds. You're living just based on what makes you happy. Yeah, you're not ruled by your past, by your triggers, by your wounds. And at the end of the day, we all have them. It's just a matter of, do you let it control you? Or do you make peace with it? The choice is yours. So now with Pluto being in Capricorn, and it's funny because it all of this came crashing down. The pandemic really brought everything into full swing near the end of Pluto and Capricorn. And that's usually how it happens. And uh, a lot of the times we do see like a big culmination of events near the end. So honestly, the stuff that we'll see as a collective in Pluto and Aquarius may happen like in 20 years time. Is it? No, not 20 years, 12 years, 12 years, because it, uh, it stays in the sign for about like 12 to 23 years. But they're predicting that Pluto and Aquarius will be for like around 12-ish years, but it could be longer. I'm not, I'm not the expert when it comes to transits, but I am here to break it down to you, what the energy means. And so... Well, Pluto, when it goes through the signs, like I mentioned, as a collective, as well as society, we all experience events that are very synonymous with the sign that Pluto is, again, transiting over. So with Pluto and Capricorn, like we we saw all of these events about the way that we saw again, money, wealth, resources, and what it means to give back to the world and society, because that's what Capricorn represents. Capricorn tells you to buckle up your boots, be an adult, and be a productive member of society. How we went about doing that, because Pluto unsurfaces everything, those ideas that we had were really, really questioned, especially with the pandemic. 
the way that we viewed wealth really transformed and changed. And we are quite literally in a recession now, actually, thanks to the pandemic. And so we'll see how that unfolds. And so Aquarius in general, Aquarius is a, <laughs> is her unconventional sign of the Zodiac. It's the water bearer. But what Aquarius really represents and my episode about Aquarius, and I have two parts actually, where I talk about both Leo and Aquarius, very informative. What they, what, what they, what Aquarius represents truly is about living your truth. And by living your truth, you make the world a better place. Because Aquarius is ruled over Uranus. And Uranus is also, Uranus energy is very synonymous with Aquarian energy. And it's actually, it's actually like an uncanny, uncanny similarity. Which makes sense. But Aquarius is all about living your truth. Just by being you. And by being the sign of unconventionality. Aquarius takes, and the thing is, all of the signs, they go in order. And they each have a lesson. And each sign builds upon the previous signs, lessons, and challenges. And so Aquarius takes Capricorn's energy of giving back to society, being a productive member of society. So taking that idea of improving society and Aquarius takes it a step further and says, hey, it's great that we have all of these structures in place and that we're so big on living in the 3D world of, well, this is how it's always been done. And this is the way we should, this is the way we should be just so that we can maintain civilization, maintain, I keep saying structure, just maintain sanity. Because if we go beyond that, or go even against that, it could be anarchy. Aquarius embraces that anarchy. It's kind of scary. And anybody who's an Aquarius knows this. Um, we love chaos. It's really bad. But the whole idea of embracing chaos is essentially that we should always improve society for better. It's great that we have all of this stuff that's already set in place, but how can we improve it? How can we make it better? How can we make things easier for our society? And so Aquarius is always the first one to go, hmm, that's cool. But is there another approach that can maybe make things easier? Is there something, is there another perspective, another way of being, another way of thinking that we haven't considered? Hmm. And so that can be really scary for a lot of people that are not used to marching to the beat of their own drum. And that's why Uranus and Aquarian energy, it's a sign of the maverick. It's always a sign of the mad scientist. Because really, and the humanitarian. Because these individuals, they don't care about following what everybody else around them is doing. They don't have that herd mentality. And that's why I know a lot of Aquarians can be frustrating to be around. Because it feels like their mind is so, is so set apart from the world around them. That they don't always actually try and exist with society, but they always have these ideals and these visions for how society should be. But they don't like to actually be present with the individuals within the society that they exist in. And again, I am guilty of that completely. And so Aquarius being an intellectual air sign, 
is always so focused on, again, theories about how we can be better. So it's a very idealistic vision that we have. But unfortunately, unless those idealistic visions can actually be translated into the world, they're just ideals. And that's why we need that Capricorn structure to bring those ideas out into the 3D and to manifest them out into the real world. But Pluto and Aquarius will probably, this transit, will probably tell us and teach us to really truly, again, embrace our unconventional sides. And we can see that already, right? With, oh man, the fight that we're having with trans kids. The fight that we're having for members of the LGBTQ plus community to even be considered members of society, let alone individuals that deserve just as much recognition and safety to exist as you and I. I mean, I am part of the LGBTQT. Oh my God, I'm stumbling on my words. I am also part of the LGBTQ plus community. <laughs> but before, there was just such a, this huge battle. I mean, there still is. There's this huge battle between things that we shouldn't have to even have conversations about. What, what is the big deal about trans kids existing? Who is this affecting? Nobody. Nobody. If anything, it's more pressure on the poor trans kids. Huh? But, and that's, that's what we see with Pluto transits, is we see all of this tension. This, and it's the more you try and resist, the more pain and suffering you try, you, you end up creating for yourself. So the best way to really embrace any form of Pluto transit energy is to embrace it and to just go with it and say, okay, well, okay, okay, I got to transform. I don't have a choice in this manner. And it's true. You do not have a choice. You really don't. So you, you kind of just got to accept it. The more you try and fight it, the more pain you cause yourself. And I am saying that from personal experience because I got control issues. So I know how much we love to avoid Pluto. But the more you try and do it, mm -mm, the worse it'll be. And so we can see that with, ugh, I, I, I hate, I hate that we have this issue now. Why are, why are people fighting over abortions in the 21st century, 2023? We literally went through the women's suffrage movement in like 1940, 1920. 1920 was earlier than that, sorry, 1920. Why has this become a topic of discussion now? Why? Why? I thought we, I thought we realized that women were people that had rights in the 1900s. Why are we fighting over this a hundred years later? And that's because there's a lot. <laughs> Society as a whole is really trying to, is really trying to prolong its suffering is really trying to hold on to its old ways of thinking and pattern, thinking that it will protect them, that it will keep them safe. But in reality, they don't have a choice in that matter. Pluto and Aquarius coming, barging right in through the doors means that all of our ideas of society and what it means to exist as a society are going out the window. Aquarius is going to take Capricorn's 
restrained reservation and just chuck it out the window because Aquarius is not known to ever be subtle. They, they barge in and they kick things down and then they make something new out of it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really dramatic energy too, which is, <laughs> which I think is the funniest thing ever as a Plutonian Aquarius because Pluto itself is a very dramatic energy and Aquarius itself is also a very dramatic energy. And so you put those two together and you just have chaos, but beautiful, good chaos. And so that's what we're going to see with Pluto and Aquarius. And we're probably going to see a really good big shift and change when it comes to embracing our differences, because Aquarius is always about Again, being the odd one out. Most Aquarians, nearly every single Aquarian has, there isn't a single Aquarian that I know, unfortunately, that hasn't gone through those moment in their early life where they just weren't accepted. And it could be something really like stupidly small. And I say stupid because like it's not something that we should ever try and pick on kids for, but unfortunately kids, kids are cruel. Okay, you could be, you could have different shoes than everybody else and all of a sudden you're a weirdo and you're an alien and you don't deserve to live. Like it gets bad in a split second. (laughs) Yeah, trauma. (laughs) And so a lot of Aquarians just end up growing up feeling like they just don't belong anywhere. And so a lot of them, they go around as they get older, creating that safe space for everybody else that they so desperately wished was given to them and it's unfortunate that it has to happen that way but it seems to be a common universal experience that a lot of Aquarians unfortunately go through and so that's why we're seeing this huge huge force of nature with the LGBTQ plus community we always knew that they were never to be messed around with Mm -mm. now we always knew that but do we (laughs) does society ever learn no jeez man And so there is this huge insurgence of safe spaces. Yes, there are trans kids that are being attacked, but there are also so many people that are standing up as barriers for those, for those trans kids. And we're just going to, we're just going to continue seeing more and more of that. We're going to see more inclusivity for all of the differences that are present within our world and that our differences shouldn't make us a reason to be well an outlier in society a reason to be shunned from the world it's just well part of who we are and that it should be celebrated and that we shouldn't be afraid to accept it and that it deserves expression and it's not something to ever truly ever be ashamed of our differences are what make us us and there's nothing more beautiful than that Because it's beautiful having personality. Thank you very much. (laughs) And so we're really going to hopefully see a society where it's for the people. As as, As a humanitarian sign, Aquarius is always about the people. And so Aquarius is a very impersonal sign in that way where if it means hurting their loved one, for the greater good, sometimes you're going to go for the greater good. 
And that's because it makes sense to create a project, an idea, an invention that can, well, be of service to a greater population than just one person. They don't roll that way. And it's unfortunate that we're kind of like that. And it can be really frustrating to be around, to be a loved one to an Aquarian, because when it comes to personal relationships, you want to be the only person, right? And that's just, that's always been a conflict for me as well, because I'm deeply Plutonian. I have the Scorpio element. I want that intense intimacy, but I'm also very impersonal in the sense where I'm always focused on the greater good. So it's a, it's a fine line, but being that humanitarian sign, we're going to see a lot more. We're probably going to see a lot more insurgents in projects, ideas, inventions, where things will be for the greater good, to improve society, to help the greater masses. And the last time Pluto was in Aquarius, we saw a rise in a whole bunch of revolutions, like the Industrial Revolution. And this was around like the 1700s, like late 1700s, 1777. Huh. That's like a special number, 777. But the Industrial Revolution, the French Revolution, British Revolution, there was a lot of revolutions happening. And it was also the same time that Uranus was actually discovered too. So, <laughs> the planets never lie, baby. So, I find that super interesting. I don't know about you. And so, we're probably going to see a lot of revolutions happening because Aquarians are not subtle. Um, about fighting for their rights. So I see a lot of bloodshed in the future. And it's a matter of how you define it. But I don't, I don't see our society being complacent and happy about all of, the, all of the different fights and struggles that are showing up. And Aquarius is all about destroying structures that, don't, or that they don't see fit. And so I really see a lot, a lot, in a way, if you, if you want to call it that, anarchy, where they're going to dismantle a lot of structures that just don't serve them anymore. Because that's the only way that we can give rise to new structures. And it'll be chaotic in a way. And so that's why I think there's, there's that fear-mongering aspect of this poor transit. But, oh my gosh, I talked so much. <laughs> if you've been listening up till now... I'm glad that you have not lost your attention span because, again, I talk a lot. I will get into how this transformative planetary aspect, Pluto and Aquarius, will affect you personally, depending on what's going on in your chart, in the second part. And so the second part will come out in a couple of days. So stick around on my Instagram page where I post frequent updates about the next episode. But don't worry, I won't keep you I won't keep you waiting for too long. But if you're interested to know more, just keep refreshing the page and I will show up to tell you more. And if you liked today's episode, I would really highly appreciate it if you could leave a review at plutonianaquarius.ca. Now I'm just going to take some time to actually talk about my astrology readings and what I offer. And if you're interested, please stick around. And if not, toodaloo! <laughs> and until next time. 
So I have a wide variety of readings and a wide price range. They go from 25 all the way up to 400. My cheapest offering for 25 is where I just break down your chart for you, where I tell you what your personal planets are, what your outer planets are, and where they're located in your house system, and what aspects you have in your personal planets. So I break it down for you, similar to what they would do in one of the free birth chart makers, but I find that they don't always go in depth and actually connect the dots for you. And so I can just do that for you for just 25. And also for 25, I actually have this new series called the ICU series, where I actually do, right now I have a self-care series based on your moon sign. I do pre-recordings based on a specific aspect in everybody's charts, and I personalize it. And so, like it suggests, I do 20-minute recordings about what a good self-care routine looks like for you based on your moon sign. And so if that's something that you're interested in, to learn about a self-care routine that's geared towards you, but you never really learned what works for you, I suggest purchasing one of those. And they are very insightful because I know that that's something a lot of us struggle with, self-care. Then for $50, I have Ask a Question. If you have a specific question about your birth chart, I can answer it, whatever it may be, and I will go in depth. Then for 100, I have your big three reading where I look at your sun, moon, and rising. These three aspects are very foundational to your personality. So if you're still a little bit confused about the world of astrology, but would like some insight, this is a good place to start because I talk about how these three aspects come together. To make up you as an individual. But even then, I'm still just scratching the surface. Then, for 150, I have two offerings. I have the life's purpose reading where I look at your north node placement. Your north node is very important in determining what you are here in this lifetime to do and what may be getting in the way of helping you reach your highest potential. And you're here to fulfill your north node placement. And so your north node and your south node placement will be taken into consideration and also where they're located in your house system. And so which areas of your life will your north node manifest? And then I also have a career reading. And so I basically go into depth about what a good and appropriate professional career pathway would look like for you. Because yes, your birth chart does talk about that. And what would work for you as an individual? Also for 150, I also have the love reading where I go into depth about what a, what a good, healthy relationship looks like for you and what may need to be healed in order for you to reach that lovely, healthy relationship that, again, a lot of us are really looking for. For 200, I have the synastry reading which is a compatibility reading between you and your person of interest. It can be a family member, a loved one, or it could just be a friend because love comes in many different sizes and shapes. And so for 200, I do an in-depth analysis where I compare your chart and their chart just to see 
what's going on in the planets for you. But I just ask that you have known this person for at least a year. And my final offering, which is 400, is your full birth chart reading. And that itself is a big investment. And so that's why, and it's a big investment even on my part too, because I really go in depth into your personal planets, your outer place planets, and where they're located in your house system. And I also take into consideration your north node placement, and I put it all together. I even talk about all of your house systems as well, and how they're all interconnected, where you're the main character. So it's, it's a big, big, big reading. And again, it's a big investment. It's something that you could use for, again, 10 plus years. Because I still have my readings from the past, and I still look at them. But if this is something you're interested in, and if you like the way that I think as an astrologer, I highly suggest purchasing one of my readings so that you can get more insight and clarity into taking control of your life and using astrology as a tool to just improve your life. Because that's what I really want for you when it comes to my podcasts. I want to empower you the same way that I was empowered with the world of astrology. I'd also suggest looking at my frequently asked question or FAQ disclaimer page before booking a reading where I talk about some do's and don'ts and also more, more in-depth understanding of how I go about my readings in general. So that is all I have for today. I hope I was able to help you understand what this intense planetary transit means for us as a collective. And until next time, bye-bye.